Hey, yo, say hello to the fact Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The gold, gold, central. Is listening. This is Rob Van Dam. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. This is Cowboy James Storm. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. This is TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Roode. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to TNA Chat Live with your host, someday, on that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service. The Bronx Father, Tony Mirabella. Everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. I am your host, the Bronx Father. And tonight we saw Impact and we saw Open Fight Night, although most of the open fights just didn't start. People calling each other out, but then someone else calls someone else out, someone else calls someone else out, which results in someone calling someone else out. There were more people called out tonight than for the army during fucking war. And we got some things done. Uh, Taryn Terrell, I uh, stated that I liked her referee outfit. But I must say that the new outfit she has more than made up for the loss of that. I mean, just, whoo, down boy. Hot, hot, hot. She calls out Gail Kim. Gail Kim, in turn, calls out someone else. And then Tara comes out. And Tara doesn't call out anybody else, but we go nuts in the ring. It was just a weird, weird night. You know, uh, Hogan and Sting, things getting real heated. Sting doesn't, uh, Hogan doesn't want Sting in the arena, doesn't want him anywhere. Just these two, it's going to come to a head at some point. It doesn't look like there's a reconciliation here, unless it's all a work to put aces and eights over to make them think that these two aren't on the same page. We had Chavo Guerrero and Supermex versus Bad Influence and Hernandez. 
and Chavo win, which means they are now the number one contenders for the TNA Tag Champions. I'm sorry, I just had a brain fart. Unbelievable. I apologize. I wish I had the buzzer handy. You know, uh, tonight they sold out Jonesboro, Arkansas. From what I read, the seats that were made available were sold out to the point where they had to make room for more people. So that's good. Going live is working. I mean, we've been saying this shit for, for months upon months now. Mindwipe wants to remind me that Taryn Terrell looked like Power Girl. Yeah, if you don't know who Power Girl is, she's, uh, if it's the same Power Girl I'm thinking of, she is a, is it DC or Marvel? Anyway, she's a character with gigantic boobies. So, yeah, that's what it looked like. I got some questions about TNA tonight. You know, I was listening to an old episode of WNL from about two years ago where Trey and JJ really talked extensively about TNA. And it's funny going from the past to the future. So before I ask you what I need to ask you guys, I want you to call in because right now the phone lines are officially open. Call now to talk TNA live. The number to call, 501-588-7957. That's 501-588-7957. TNA Chat Live. Or if you're in the U.S. only, 888-890-9618. 888-890-9618. You can also add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype if you'd like. Or you can send me an email, which I'll read later. It's real easy. TNA Chat Live at SNS Radio Network. Dot com, TNA Chat Live at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Uh, we saw Jeff Hardy call out Bully Ray, and then he called out Mr. Anderson. I mean, everybody on the fucking roster got called out tonight. This ended up with a, a match between Mr. Anderson and Jeff Hardy, in which, because of a distraction, by D'Lo, Mr. Uh, Mr. Anderson ends up going over. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight, guys. I apologize. I'm having some technical difficulties here, but I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's just now you have Jeff Hardy as the number one contender, and he's going to be fighting, obviously, Bully Ray. I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this. Jeff Hardy with the title again. My fear is that Jeff's going to win the belt and bring back that goddamn disgusting belt he has. But before I go on with Impact, my question for the callers tonight is, you know, a few years ago, people were talking about some of the things TNA needed to do. And a lot of them, they did. Everybody was bitching that they should go live. And they have, bi-weekly at least. Everybody was bitching they should go to different arenas, and they have. And they've been doing it pretty successfully. My question for you guys tonight is, has TNA fulfilled some of the expectations the IWC has put on them? Has TNA, in your opinions improved and what do you like about it now 
What is it that they've done better? I don't, if you want to tell me what you don't like, that's fine. But I'd like to know if you think they're doing better, why they're doing better, and if they fulfilled the expectations that you've had for them. That's what I like to know. Because like I said, in this old show I was listening to, that's what everybody was asking for. This was at a time when TNA was not live. It was not in other arenas. It was still at the impact zone, and they've only been live a couple weeks. But I hear that they're very happy with the ticket sales that they've been generating, which is a good thing. You know, I like that. I like the fact that people are buying into TNA and are, you know, willing to go see it. It shows that they had fans outside of the impact zone. I kind of think it's almost as if TNA had set their expectations too low for a while, like they were afraid they wouldn't be able to make it outside the impact zone. And they're doing it. They're doing it. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. But something else that's really cool is in the upcoming Jeff Hardy Bully Ray match, Hulk Hogan tells Jeff Hardy, I've fixed my technical issues finally. Tells Jeff Hardy that, well, you know, brother, because I screwed up and I put, you know, uh, Bully Ray is the number one contender, I made a mistake, brother. And I'm going to make it up to you, brother. So you're going to get to pick the stipulation at your match with Bully Ray. So what happens is at the end of Impact, freaking Jeff Hardy goes ape shit nuts. He starts pulling out tables, ladders, chairs, going really freaking nuts. Uh, Mr. Anderson until the aces come out for the save and this promotes Jeff Hardy to say you know what it's going to be a TLC match between us tables ladders chairs anything goes I'm looking forward to that I, I, I think that's going to be a good good match but I almost it almost makes me think that Jeff Jeff Hardy's not going to take this belt first of all I'll tell you why it's too soon Way too soon for Jeff Hardy to get the belt back. I think with Bully Ray as your bastard of a champion, it works out. It's good. Uh, I like it. You know, and plus you have the added, you know, looking over your back for aces and eights. You know, they, they're going to come out. They're going to try to interfere, especially if it's a no rules match. There's no DQ, no count out. What's going to prevent aces and eights from coming out and stopping Jeff Hardy at all costs from winning the title? We'll have to see. Um, decent buildup. You know, I like also what's going on between Sting and Bully, uh, Sting and Hulk Hogan, where you know Sting's pleading with Hulk, saying, "Look, Bully Ray drove a wedge between us," and Hulk Hogan goes completely off and says, "You know, people like you and Dixie, who are telling me for months upon months, trust this guy." Do what's right for your daughter. And what ends up happening, man? You know, my first instincts were right. And if you go back, Hogan was saying it. I don't trust this motherfucker. I, I just think he's, you know, a complete asshole. And when you're proven right, when your best friend pressures you for weeks and weeks and months to do something you don't want to do, Hogan has a legit gripe. I don't have a problem with Hogan being as mad as he is. I mean... Yeah, if it's your best friend, you might want to forgive him a little bit. But no, Hogan just is having none of it. 
You know, I mean, I understand. It's real life stuff. And of course, you know, after this happens, Hogan tells Sting, get the hell out of my ring. And Sting says, why don't you make me? And they start going at it. And the oldest, most out of shape security guards on the planet hold Hogan and Sting back. And then... As Sting is walking, uh, Hogan is walking away backstage, Matt Morgan just pops out of nowhere and says, well, just another big Hogan mistake. I'm, God, I'm almost thinking that this is going to lead to a Hogan-Sting match. Oh, Lord, I hope not. I don't, I don't see where this is going. Uh, I don't want to see these guys. I don't want to see Hogan in the ring anymore. And I certainly don't want the rumors about him possibly becoming a, the TNA world champion to be true at all. God, no. Anything but that, please. Please, God. The gut check was really having the IWC going apeshit crazy. Because... Adam Pierce, who is a former NWA champion, is in the gut check. And a lot of people have been saying that the gut check is kind of stupid because they're taking guys who are already established and they're, you know, putting them in as rookies. Gut check was supposed to be about rookies, new talent. It was not supposed to be about guys who've been in the business for 10 years and they're just assuming we don't know who the hell they are. Don't go out of your way to insult our intelligence, okay? The wrestling fan is not as stupid as you think. We know who these guys are. Now, I don't follow the indie scene as much as a lot of people probably, but still, when I go on Facebook and I've got 10, 20 listeners telling me, this guy is well-known, and people are calling it a joke, just one of the things TNA is, is doing wrong. They've gotten a lot better, but the gut check, check thing is, yeah. You know, if, if fucking 1,000, 2,000, 20,000 people know this guy is an established guy from another company. Come on, really? Again, the TV title just mentioned, not defended. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. That that title, unfortunately, is absolutely, completely, utterly worthless. Utterly worthless. It, it's, it, it's a damn shame. Something else interesting that happened tonight is James Storm came out. And he talks about AJ, you know, AJ Styles, what happened last week, where AJ just walked away from him. And he said, look, we're both Southern boys. There's two ways we can handle this. We can either handle it with one hand and drink it out. Or if you'd like, we can handle it with this hand and we can just fight it out. And as AJ's coming out, James Storm gets attacked by aces and eights. They jump him. They're beating him down. Eric Young tries for the save, then Kurt comes in for the save. And on open fight night, 
Kurt challenges Aces to a six-man tag. So we have Kurt Angle, James Storm, and Eric Young against Doc, Briscoe, and Bischoff. And as my buzzer should have gone off before, this is why I miss brass eyes sometimes, D'Lo distracts Angle, but allows, but this allows Wes Briscoe to get a win over Kurt by grabbing the tights. So, you know, Aces was made to look strong tonight. Here's something, though. You know, somebody, someone in the chat mentioned this before. And I forget, I believe, I believe it was Mac Daddy. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But why the fuck is Aces and Eights afraid of guys that they were killing just a few weeks ago? It's like all of a sudden the TNA guys come out and aces and eights powders out of the freaking ring. And it's like, all right, guys, regroup. Well, why? You were beating the living shit out of these guys just a couple of weeks ago. Why are you afraid of them now? I guess it's just, you know, strategy. You know, Bully Ray talks about you never walk alone. And these guys have each other's backs. Well, here's my question. Why did they allow Jeff Hardy to beat the living snot out of fucking Mr. Anderson for about five minutes before they came out for the save? I mean, come on. Jeff was like fucking Mr. Anderson up. And we're just sitting there. I'm like, where's aces and eights? And it was funny because Taz sold it too. He's like, where are my boys? Where are the boys? And that's what I thought. Where are they? Finally, they come out for the save, but still. You know, I don't know. It's just funny to me. Um, not too match heavy tonight. Decent impact. Uh, wasn't as good as last week's, but it was it was decent. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm very proud of them for selling out the tickets that they had available. Very, very proud of them for that. Uh, I'm glad that they're doing well with ticket sales. The crowd tonight. Let me tell you, that freaking crowd in, in Arkansas was hot, guys. Really hot. They were a better better freaking crowd than we had on Raw. You know, it, it really enhances this show with them being on the road. And quite frankly, they're doing a lot better with their crowds than I thought they would be. I was worried about that. I was worried if they went on the road with their shitty promotions. I'm sorry, they're... they're Shitty promoting of their product, not advertising, not letting people know they're out there. I was very afraid that it was going to end up being where they weren't going to be selling seats, where people weren't going to know about the product. And this, again, I think was very pessimistic on their part. I, I think somewhere, somehow, some way, TNA didn't think they'd draw live. I mean, I can't think of any other explanation for not going live sooner. And it goes back to my question of the night. The phone lines are still open. Come on, guys. Call on in. 501-588-7957. 888-890-9618. If you're in the U.S. and want a toll-free call, add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. It goes back to what I was saying earlier is how, in your opinion, have they been doing as far as filling in all the blanks that everyone in the IWC was bitching about a few months back. 
you know, people wanted less of Hogan. We got that. Hogan is basically out for a little bit every week. He's not monopolizing the product. There was one complaint. I'm going to break some of this down. You know, another complaint was Bischoff, and he's gone. I mean, I just think that they're doing a great job in fulfilling all the shit that the IWC wanted them to fill in. They're doing it. They're, 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 they're just adding all the shit that we wanted them to add and all the things we were bitching about. So now we do have a caller on the line. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Who's this? Hey, what's up, brother? This is uh, Terrence from Washington, D.C. How you doing tonight, man? What's up, man? Nothing much, man. Just figure I'd chime in on uh, what I like from Impact so far since they've been going on the road. Uh, first of all, I just want to bring up that the, if you look at the shows compared to how they look when they was in the Impact Zone, the pr production values of the show, man, is just awesome. I mean, you really can tell that the show now has a major league feel compared to that phone booth they was working out of in Orlando. So the overall production of the show, how it's produced with the announce team, just the graphics, just the overall feel of the show, it, it's just, just about right on par with Raw. I'm not saying it's right there as far as what everything Raw does, but it, it, it's major league feel now. So overall with the production, that's like the really big thing that I'm impressed with. And just also with the just having fans coming to the product that know the product. When they when they was in Orlando, it was just a lot of tourists, just a, a few people that knew TNA wrestling. But these two shows in Chicago and in uh, Arkansas, these these fans knew TNA wrestling. So that's what I'm impressed with, and they are able to sell the tickets. I'm sorry I started giggling a little late into what you were saying, because when you first said a phone booth, it took me a second. <laughs> I'm like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Just stating the facts, man. Just stating the facts. No, you're right. You're right. And, you know, I mean, you, you look at it, and, and, and just like tonight, that, 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 that crowd was hot. You couldn't duplicate that in an impact zone. And the thing what you see now from the fans on the road you get true reactions of who they like, who they don't like, what they like. So you get an overall view of what's selling in TNA. And I, I just think they, they, get a, they get a better gauge of the product by being on the road. It really shows them, you know, what the fans respond to, what the, like, say, what the fans like. And that gives them an overall uh, guidance of what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. So it sort of gives them a, a better chance to rate their product if it's good or if it's bad. Where in Orlando, they sort of got the same reactions from the same fans, so they really could, didn't really know what was good or what was bad. So being on the road, it really helps them to uh, gauge uh, what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. Yeah, and Mindwipe in the chat room just had a great comment. He said it was almost like a British crowd. And that, that's a great compliment to give this crowd because we've seen that back when they were the only place that they would go other than the impact zone would be the UK. And in the UK, they were freaking over. And now, I, I'll i be honest with you, it's one of those times where you say you're pleasantly surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised at the, the reaction that they've been getting on the road, man. Absolutely amazing. And, and what this does... It gives you free promotion because everyone who's at that show who might have only came to that show and, and this is their first time seeing TNA, 
they might call up a friend now and say, man, you're not going to believe it. I went to this freaking show. They're having another one next week. Buy a ticket. There you go. Yeah. Well, you look at the marketing that they're doing with these shows, the towns that they're going to. They're sort of towns that, you know, I'm not going to say they don't get the WWE, but, you know, Raw is not going to go to Jonesboro. They're not going to go to uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania and, and go live. They not, may not do Tupelo, Mississippi and some of the other places that they're, they're going to go to. So they're, they're, they're strategically picking the right arenas to go to, mid-sized venues, right, like 8,000, 8, 6,000 seats. They're able to at least sell half the tickets, which is good. They sell a ton of merch. And they got fans in there that's knowledgeable enough about TNA. So their plan right now is very successful. Uh, we'll see what they do when they do uh, Slammiversary in a couple of months. They're going in Boston, uh, look at arena. I see it's like about 8,000 people. And I know they, they did good in Boston, like, uh, what, five years ago when they had the uh, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe match in the uh, Stomachus Center up there. So they, they, that was like their largest crowd at that point. So they should sell that building out. So they, they really have studied where their fans are at. And I think that's the reason why they're getting a hot market in the places that they're going. It looks like they're going to do Bound for Glory in Chicago. That should do another, another good number for them. So right now they, they, they're marketing to where their audience is at. And as long as they stay on pace, not to get out of their comfort zone, you know, don't go to the big, huge arenas yet. Just continue to play the mid-sized college venues get high crowds, and as people get to know TNA, because when you look at TNA right now, you got to say, in a sense, they've hit their stride now. They sort of know what they're doing. It's not great. It's not Russo. It's not Jared. It, it's pretty good. You know, they do need to add a little more match time, a little more matches, but overall, they hold your interest right to the end where when it goes off, you're like, damn, I wish they had five more minutes. And, and speaking of the, the, the ending, Hey, Bronx, doesn't it blow that they just cut right to Bellator and not let the whole ending of TNA, uh, you know, end out right? I mean, that just sort of, like, blew me at the end. But, you know, they're they, they doing right right now, and they, they sort of hit their stride, and they just got to tinker with a little bit here and there. But right now, they're they doing the right things, man. You know, it almost makes me think that, like, when Bellator is over, and from what I understand, I don't follow Bellator. Anything that happens with that is third party. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not shitting on them. I just don't follow it. But if I was TNA, I would almost say, look, can't you guys, once Bellator is off, if we need an extra five, ten minutes, can't you give it to us? I mean, okay, I know that they're not the p massive powerhouse of USA Network and WWE, where, you know, freaking USA will let Vince go 40 minutes extra if he wants. <laughs> but, you know, I I think that they're still one of, if not the, probably still the highest rated show on freaking Spike. I think you have that right. I think you have a right to tell Spike, look, if we need an extra five, ten minutes, let us run over. We promise it won't be more than ten, but if we need it, give it to us. You're right. I was wanting more tonight. I mean, freaking Jeff Hardy went old school, man. I felt like it was fucking TLC. I thought Edge and Christian were going to run out for a second. Yes, yes. I was beating the drum for Matt Hardy pretty pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that they don't have the uh, – I know, I know Bischoff – sort of handles their TV things with Spike TV. But I just think there's something with the communication where they can't get that extra couple of minutes, they can't get that second show. 
it's something there. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know why Bellator gets more advertisement. They get the uh, the free runs on SpikeDeck.com. They get, you know, a lot of replay, a couple of replays. You know, tonight they get a replay. Tomorrow they get a replay where TNA only airs one time. And TNA smokes Bellator every week and pretty much they're the highest rated show on their network. So I don't understand the miscommunication. I, I don't know I don't know why TNA don't get a little more uh car blanche treatment over there. Like I say maybe if they don't have the right people in those positions to, you know, tell Spike, hey, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And also it could be the fact that Bronx, you know, uh Spike T V know that TNA can't go anywhere else. I think that's probably part of part of part of the problem too, that they don't have many other options. You know, I don't, don't think too many other people are gonna take wrestling. So, you know, unless T uh T B S or T N T gets back into wrestling business, I guess TNA pretty much gotta take whatever Spike T V gives gives them at this point. Yeah, that's true. I mean it's not like back in the day when Vince got pissed that USA wouldn't Get rid of. I mean, I remember when WWE was preempted by the Westminster Dog Show. Yes. And I was like, really? And then finally, Vince said, "You know what? Fuck you. I'll take it to another another network." You make a very good point because they can't they they can't shop their product out. But man, I'm gonna let you go, man. I got somebody waiting. Thank you so much for the call, man. Have a good weekend, man. Ah, uh, you too. Thanks, man. Happy Easter. Thank you, man. You too. Definitely. All right, so we do have another caller who has been waiting very patiently on the line. I thank you. Welcome to TNA Chat Live. Who's this? This is Anthony Bronx. What's up? Oh, well, if I knew it was you, I wouldn't have thanked you. But what's up? Uh-huh. Uh, first, I got to say, uh, TNA has slowly but surely has gotten better. They, As you said, they needed to get out of the impact zone. You know, those fans, no offense, those fans were basically program to think, okay, we have to cheer for this guy and this guy, and blah, blah, blah. And now they can go to a new place and basically determine what fans really want to see. Yeah, well, you know, it. you can also gauge, you can gauge what works and what doesn't now because these aren't people who are just, like you said, buying a ticket for the Tilt-A-Whirl and the, you know, the freaking all the rides, the roller coaster and say, hey, you know what, a wrestling show Thursday night, yeah. It's covered in our ticket. Let's go see it. These are people who are actually paying to go see it. So, yeah, you're going to gauge their reaction and have a much more accurate result than you would from the Impact Zone crowd, who some are wrestling fans, some aren't, and when the two of them clash, it doesn't always work. And um, I know they're not going to the big arenas, but going to the one they went tonight was way bigger, more impressive looking than when they were in the Impact Zone, which once had helped. How's the Roller Jam shows? Yeah, phone booth. That that was a Mark Tate moment, a phone booth. I can just imagine TNA trying to fit like 500 fans in a fucking phone booth. We overbooked it. That got a laugh out of me. I don't know why. Yeah, probably can fit all the people who actually pay for our TNA pay-per-view into a phone booth. Yeah. You know, I heard about the pay-per-view buy rates. Again, not too, too impressive, like in the 11,000s. But on the other hand, the thing about it is that now with only four pay-per-views a year, you're saving on all that cost it takes to put on a pay-per-view that they probably weren't getting shit back for. And now you're saving that money and you're making money by selling tickets. Now, I don't know how much getting these you know, new arenas 
is costing as opposed to what they're getting in ticket sales? You know, are, are they are they coming out even? Are they in the black? You know, or are they in the red? I don't know. Those it's not a publicly traded company, so we're not privy to those statistics. Yeah, and they're doing these uh, tape pay-per-views, which I think it's just because they have have to fill out an agreement they have with the UK uh, dispute, uh, viewing they have over there. So they just say, okay, let's just do these tape pay-per-views, see how they go. I mean, they, some of them look good, but I'm like, because you saw they just threw out the X Division one that's happening next week, like it's a as nothing. Yeah, they're not even really putting any promotion behind them. Um, I almost think that you're right, that it has to be something obligatory that they're doing, because I, if not, I don't even see why you're bothering. Yeah, and um, for the whole gut checking, yeah, I admit, I'm kind of like, okay, you have some guy who's been in the company um, business for almost 20 years, He's former NWA champion three times. I know the NWA title doesn't mean that much as it used to be, but still, they're putting him into the gut check where you should have some of the guys who are lesser known a shot. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. See, if you're now, mind you, if you're a guy like me who really doesn't follow, I mean, I'm so busy between Raw, between the pay per views, between TNA. I really don't get too much of a chance. You know, you, you work some nights. I, To be honest, I want a night off from wrestling. It's nothing against the product, but a couple nights a week, I want a night off where I don't have to, you know, think about it. So I don't really follow that, that many independent, you know, shows. But there are people who do. And Facebook, our Facebook page lit up with people talking about how, you know, asinine this is. And I have to agree to a certain extent. I, I don't underestimate how many indie fans you have out there. True. And uh, I'm not sure, but I'm just throwing out an idea. With the head Morgan all saying another Hogan mistake, and you saw Sting hold, like one attack. I'm thinking that's going to set up a Sting Morgan feud. But I'm surprised if Morgan somewhat isn't comes in the league with Hogan. Hogan's all saying. Yeah, this guy realized I made mistakes, and I realize those too now. He's going to be basically my fixer. Well, yeah, and you've got you've got two huge dark horses right now because the two guys who one is they're putting over as a heel in Matt Morgan is a heel who's not affiliated with Aces and Eights. You've got AJ Styles who tonight. And, and I have to give uh, kudos to the announce team for putting it over, how AJ just left James Storm in there to be sacrificed. You know, didn't even bother to help. So those are two guys right there who you don't quite know whose side they're on. And um, I just, uh, as I heard of, they're apparently doing the tape, uh, the second show, are they doing it after the live one, or is it the following day? Uh, I'm not sure. I honestly yeah. don't know. I, I don't follow anything about the tape pay-per-views, because like I said, I, I and this isn't a knock on TNA, I just don't care. If any other wrestling company was doing a tape pay-per-view, I wouldn't care. It, it's not me shitting on them, it's just the way it is. So I don't know what the schedules are like, but I, I think that, you know, if if they 
if they promote these pay-per-views right, I mean, again, it's always going to be the streams. It's always going to be, there's still lack of advertising. I think they could still do better. They're, they're better than they were because again, just going to another town and holding a show is advertising. True. And no, I'm just saying it's smart. It looks like they're saving their bigger matches or bigger shows for the live ones. Because remember last week the show was um, probably a little bit more quieter than it was during the live live show when it had it taped. Yeah. So, because um, um, the you really think the crowds don't react react as much as they were would in the live show if they did it in the taped one? If they had Hardy versus Bully on the taped. Oh yeah, the the crowd would still react to it. I mean. It, you know, when I went to to one of TNA's house shows last year, okay, I knew it wasn't being recorded, but I mean, shit, I still reacted to what went on in the ring, you know, but uh, Bully Hardy, that's huge. Any place you have that, it, it's going to go over. So, you know, I don't think crowds really give a fuck. You're there, you're live, you've had a couple beers, you don't care. Unless they're doing this, because I heard somewhere they might be doing the taped Impact show the right after the live one. So it might burn out the fans, if that's the case. Well, from what I read tonight, the gut check is going to be recorded tonight. The actual conclusion to the gut check. Uh, if the other Impact is being recorded tonight... You know, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Split them up a little bit. At least have a, you know... If you have one set of ticket holders who gets to see two shows, I mean, anytime you film two shows in a row, even if one's live and one's taped, you're talking about four hours. A taped show could probably go two and a half hours because they're a little slower. You know, I've been, I've been to, to tape shows, and what they do is there's a lot of bullshit in between matches because it's not live. You can kind of, it's it's almost like, you know, if, if you record something as opposed to doing it live, it's completely different. Yeah. If you're recording something and you fuck up, eh, do it again. And that's the way recorded shows are. Yeah, and um, I'm just going to say, um, since um, JJ is going to be gone for the two weeks, which he rightfully deserves that break, does that mean you're going to be the one producing WNL or are you going to let Brassai help you on that as well? Um, as far as WNL goes, I'm probably going to take a shot at it, but it's, it's Trey's call. Um, you know, while it's his show, if he wants me to do it and, and take a shot at it, I'll do it. If he wants Larry, we'll have Larry. It, it's uh, totally up to him right now. This is my show, so I'll make the call on it, but, uh, we'll see any way you look at it. You're going to have a show this Tuesday. So definitely before WrestleMania, that has to happen. Yeah, because it's like saying, oh, the biggest show in the year for wrestling, quote-unquote, you're not going to do a show that's not promoted. People are going like, what the hell? Well, no one, who the hell ever said we weren't doing a show? Uh, I'm not saying, because there's like some wrestling internet shows, like they, oh, we'll try to do it during WrestleMania, let's do something big and all that. Well, we're going to have an SNS during WrestleMania, too, so you're definitely going to get a lot of content. Don't worry, don't you worry. We'll bring them out there. If I got to produce it, if Larry has to produce it, if we have to just 
go out and fucking hook up an antenna to the ceiling with duct tape, we will be on the air. Yeah, and good Lord, L Train's going to probably be having ner- be nervous as hell. No, I don't think yeah. so. L Train been calling in too fucking long to be nervous. Yeah, calling in is one thing, like doing staying on for probably the four hours at least, or as long as the pay-per-view. That might be a little nerve-wracking, especially if he has to go get with you and Trey. All right, that didn't sound right. Oh, God. He, he ain't going to be getting with me and Trey. He's going to be co-hosting with me and Trey, you sick fuck. I was going to do it. You're the one that automatically went there. Well, fuck you. You're the one that said you would hit a window with a puppy. Fuck you, man. I'm going to let you go. I'm running late for my... <laughs> I got to take my commercial break. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, bye. Take care, man. All right, guys. That was Anthony Farley, just in case you didn't know. And we're long overdue for a commercial break, but some good conversation. I don't give a fuck about time limits. We we don't care about time limits on, on this network. This show could go to 4 a.m. Who knows? But I'll be right back after this with more TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. A phone booth, really? Get ready to fly. His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... ...the most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you 
the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. This is TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans. Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. And now, back to TNA Chat Live on the SNS Radio Network. Alright, coming back to some aces and eights. Why not? Why not, man? You know, just they're the focus of TNA right now. And welcome back to TNA Chat Live. I am the Bronx Father. The phone lines are still open. 501-588-7957-888-890-9618 for a free call in the U.S. Or add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. Uh, and a little bit of news today that I was... Overjoyed to read. Robbie E. posted the following message on his Facebook page. Officially another year with Impact Wrestling. Oh, going to be a big one for me. So, Robbie E. sticking around. Just want to sing that song from Ren and Stimpy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. I'm not a fan of Robbie E.'s character. I just, he's so annoying 
And I know he's doing his job. But that whole bro this and bro that and bro, I don't know, bro my ass. Come on, really? I don't know. I've never, I've never could get into the Jersey Shore. It's to me like one of those shows that's like, oh, you know, yawn. I don't give a fuck. But he's going to be sticking around. So congrats to Robbie E. You know, uh, I'm just, I'm thinking about the future, guys. And, you know, will TNA be able to become a viable, not so much competition, because I know if I say that I'm going to get a ton of heat. Not so much competition for the WWE, but at least a company that's taken seriously and that the IWC will maybe at some point embrace. Insert Joker laughter here because the IWC has made a career out of shitting on TNA. But I think I think you kind of shut your haters up when you start doing well. And they've done well on the road. They've done well going live. The production has gotten better. When TNA first attempted to go live, there was some really problems I had with their production. Um, but they've gotten a lot better. It's like the callers tonight said, it, it looked good. The set looks good. The crowd is good. It all in all makes for a much better experience than sitting there watching something pre-taped every week in the impact zone, shit taped, you know, 10, 15 shows are taped at once. I mean, you know, come on. But I'm trying, I'm monitoring the IWC. I'm going to try to see what they still shit on and what they don't. Because again, with this company, it's just the, the, some of the hatred they've garnered in the past. You know, something happened the other day. And I got to bring this up. I follow Dixie Carter on Twitter. I follow Dixie Carter on Facebook. Seems like a nice lady. Yeah, she puts over the company. You know, a lot of her stuff is done in, in the context of she tries to make what we all know is a work look like a shoot. But shit, you know, that's what you should be doing. You should be making us try to dis suspend our disbelief. And I know all celebrities get this. But it's like the other day she had made a post. I can't remember exactly what her post was. I believe it was something promoting the live impact. And people who are taking the time to follow this woman on Facebook write things like, oh, well, you know, you're going live. Oh, big deal. Oh, you know, the company sucks. Oh, you know, the, the TNA is going to die, things like that. Now, when I complained about this, people told me all celebrities get it. And they're right. But I'm just so fucking tired of shallow, broken people who have nothing better to do with their lives than be a fucking troll. That's what these people are. Why are you following someone on Twitter and on Facebook when you can't stand their product? I don't understand that. I don't understand it, whether it's Dixie Carter, whether you're 
Whether you're following fucking Jay-Z and you hate rap. Well, if you hate rap, why are you following Jay-Z? Just to talk shit on him? You know, this doesn't go for just Dixie Carter. I know it's the way of the world. I'm sure that's what people are going to tell me. They're going to say, Bronx, that's how people are. Well, why? I don't do that. If I don't like something, you know what I do? I turn it off and I ignore it. I don't bitch about it. Okay? I don't like opera. I don't listen to it. I don't go on fucking opera websites and talk shit on the next biggest opera show that's going to be in this town. I just ignore it because I don't like it. I hate eating fucking liver, so I don't buy it. But it seems like some of these people, these fucking celeb chasers and, and fucking, you know, people who buy every goddamn magazine there is out there on celebrities, they'll purposely buy something they don't like to eat just so they can take it back to the supermarket and bitch. Why are you bothering following this fucking woman on Facebook if all you're going to do is talk shit to her? I, I just hate that. I hate that that flaw in human nature. I, I don't understand. If you don't like TNA, don't watch it. Just don't watch it. If you don't like TNA, don't listen to this show. Why are you listening to a show about TNA if you hate TNA? I mean, I just, I don't understand that. I think they're making a lot of strives. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of them for the success that they're having so far going live and going to other arenas. And the storylines, again, I will say, it's a little too aces and eights heavy for my liking. I still think these guys are just mixed in a little too much. I hope it has a big ending, man. I hope when it does come to a head that it's going to be huge. I hope it's not going to be something that's going to be like, you know, wah, wah, wah. I don't know how or if you do any more reveals because basically everybody's revealed. You know, we, I had talked a few times on this show, and I believe even Trey talked about this, about maybe it being someone like Jarrett Bischoff, unless they decide to totally reamp it, to totally change it, I think that's not going to happen. I, I don't think Jeff Jarrett's going to be anywhere in on this. I don't think that, you know, Eric Bischoff's going to be anywhere in on this. They've revealed Bully Ray as the president. I'm happy. I'm happy with Bully Ray as the president. You know, I like it. I, I think this is it, though. What's probably going to end up happening, and I'll do a little fantasy booking here, and I don't know what you guys think. If you want to call in, let me know. we got a few minutes left before I wrap up. I think that the ending is going to be where it's going to be a match against Bully Ray and some baby face. Who? I don't know. Maybe AJ, possibly, you know, Kurt Angle. I don't know. But it's going to be a match where the stipulation is going to be Aces and Eights has to disband. And Bully Ray will lose and Aces will be gone. And they'll start something else up. 
but I, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where we're so far into the storyline with aces and eights. It makes me wonder what's next. We had the bully Ray reveal. Cool. Now I'm thinking to what's going to be the new deal with aces and eights. Is someone going to appear who's higher than bully Ray? What's higher than the president? I don't know. There's, there is nothing. Owner, where do you go from here? I think that this whole aces and eights angle has the word I'm looking for. It's peaked. This is where it's going. This is what it was leading up to. And there's not going to be any other big reveals. I hate to say that, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm able to come on here in a couple of weeks and say, holy shit, you know, I don't believe this guy joined Aces and Eights, Jesus. Other than someone like a Sting, who, anytime I mention Sting turning heel, I get shit on. Unless it's someone like a Sting, or even a Hulk Hogan, who else could turn to, ace, turn to Aces and Eights and you'd care. That's another question. Who else? AJ Styles. I think they're teasing that too much. It ain't going to be AJ because that would be too obvious. It's not going to be Morgan. Again, I think that would probably be too obvious. A bigger swerve for me would be to see AJ break out of this rut because TNA fans love fucking AJ Styles. When they first turned him heel and he worked with Ric Flair for a while, the 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 one good thing that came out of that was AJ got became a much stronger character thanks to Ric Flair. You had someone like Ric Flair who was helping him out, coaching him, his promos got better. His, AJ's in-ring has never needed work. I think AJ came out of the womb knowing how to wrestle. But his promos were pretty weak before he got together with Flair. And that, that heel turn he had, Flair, I think, really made a difference. So, you know, I, I think that AJ is just a guy who TNA fans want to cheer. And eventually... Maybe someone like James Storm will talk him out of his rut. You know, maybe some other baby face will talk him out of his rut. Maybe they'll have an intervention where a few guys, Kurt Angle, you know, James Storm, Jeff Hardy get together. And they finally corner this guy and lock him in a room and say, listen, motherfucker, we ain't letting you out of this room until you let us know what's going on. What's up with you? Whose side are you on? What are you pissed off about? You know, what's the problem? Force him to tell you what's going on. But I like this build with AJ Styles. I think it's very cool that we're not sure where he's at. Matt Morgan, we don't know where he's at. Sting and Hogan. They're not friends anymore. Hogan has made it clear he can't fucking stand Sting at this point. Sting ruined his life. Sting broke, helped to break up his family. I like the little shot that Hogan took at Dixie tonight, too, if you missed it, where he said that she was in on this, too. Something else that I found 
really, <laughs> you know, I was going to bring this up right before the phone calls came in, but Anderson did a little bit of a shoot on Jeff Hardy tonight. I mean, in that opening segment, when Anderson starts talking shit to Jeff and says, you know, you, you've, you've been given everything. You've been given another chance. And I was sitting here watching Impact and I said, is he going to do it? Is he going to go there? Is he going to say it? And what Anderson did was he, he goes off and says, well, keep selling your merchandise. And maybe you'll burn down another building. And when he talks about selling merchandise, if you know Jeff Hardy's history, I think I know where he was going. I don't think he meant T-shirts, folks. I think he meant the fucking drug conviction that Jeff Hardy had. <laughs> and as far as burning down a house... Yes, if you don't know your history, Jeff Hardy did have an incident where his fucking trailer burned down. That was some real life shit. It was almost like some CM Punk shit. I was like, God damn. You know, they went there. I don't think they should, considering the guys were covering from all this. Then again, a lot of people say that fucking CM Punk shouldn't be making fun of Paul Bearer either. But he's doing it. That's wrestling, guys. So, no one else calling in. I haven't gotten any emails. I'm going to wrap this show up. You know, hopefully next week, you guys, come on, man, step it up. I want you to call in. Send me some emails, damn it. Help a brother out. Stay tuned to all the shows coming up. Um, tomorrow night, the open book at 11 p.m. with Sean and Ashley. You have all your weekend podcasts, Beyond the Bell, the whole indie show, um, the Elite Force podcast, of course, over the weekend. Uh, if I missed anybody, just head over to snsradionetwork.com. All the shows are listed for your listening pleasure. Tuesday, Wrestling News Live, the final Wrestling News Live before WrestleMania will be airing uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain. It will be me and the Trey Dog. JJ's on his way, will be on his way to New York uh, can't wait for that. Can't wait to hook up next week with JJ and Colin and Harmony. It's going to be really cool. Um, next Thursday, I'll be back with more TNA Chat Live at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Mountain. And then, of course, the big extravaganza. The Sunday of WrestleMania, there will be a Sunday night showdown. It'll be me and the Trade Dog, 7 p.m. Eastern, covering WrestleMania. Can't wait. Uh, looking forward to Mania. But, you know, uh, it's that time of year, man. It's that time of year where wrestling is good. And let's enjoy it while we can because we know, unfortunately, it can get real bad real fast. Have a great weekend, everybody. This Sunday's Easter. Happy Easter to everyone who celebrates it. Be safe. Be good. And I'll, we'll be back next week with more live shows right here on the SNS Radio Network. This has been TNA Chat Live. I'm the Bronx Father. I'm losing my voice. I'm out.